Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. How many of you guys can remember being in church and getting messages about money? A lot. Like you heard messages on money a lot, let's say. A lot. Okay, less hands. How about you've heard a message about money in church ever? Right? Couple. Okay. So it's, it's pretty much a subject that's shied away from by, by my peers, by my counterparts, for whatever reason. feel like... Um, you know, they're going to offend someone or people will think, why is the preacher talking about money? He's just trying to get more money, blah, blah, blah. All those accusations. I don't shy away from the hard subjects, if you haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Um, I, I have to preach all the word of God. And that includes so subjects. If we dodge it, we're missing a big piece of what God wants us to know of how his kingdom works. Because his system works flawlessly. And there are spiritual principles that are in play in the earth right now. God, God ordained principles that will work for anybody, anywhere, and that includes people that don't even love God. There are spiritual laws that work, that he put into action, in play, in the earth, that work for anybody, whether they love God or not. And we're seeing this because we see it all over the place, that people enact these laws, these spiritual laws of sowing and reaping and giving of time and giving of, uh, and so, you know, giving of their money and, and even charitable. We're seeing people flourish because of what they're doing. And so... I don't know about you, but we have an advantage loving Jesus that we can follow the same laws that God set up, but we can do it in a godly way and flourish even better. We can. It's just God's plan for us. He is not a poor God. He's not a God that wishes uh, poorness on anybody. He's not trying to keep anybody down. His, this whole Bible is talking about how Jesus came and he whooped the devil and he did it so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. It, God is always trying to get us to increase for his glory, not just for personal gain, but for his glory so that we can say, look what God did. Look at what he did with this mess. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. I mean, those are good testimonies to tell the world. Amen. Okay. So it's going to be a little sticky. You know, we're going to say some things that might tweak you a little bit, but I got to say all these things. So I need you to just buckle up and just see what I'm, see what I'm showing you from the word and we're just going to move forward. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Lord. So uh, to start, I'm going to start with Philippians 4.17. 4, and Paul, is in, he's, he's telling the Philippian church, uh, he's giving them instructions. And he use, he's using this phrase. He's saying, I'm not seeking the gift from you, but I'm seeking the fruit that abounds to your account. And that's my cry for you today. I am, I am not taking an offering when this is over. That's not what we're doing, right? The offering box is in the back. You got it? not trying to extract anything from anybody, not trying to get anything from you. What I am seeking to do is show you from the word of God how principles work, and I'm seeking the fruit that will abound to your account when you'll step in to do it God's way. That's what I'm trying to do. God takes good care of Corey Tobin. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm not trying to get anything. I'm just trying to get something to you so you can walk in the principles that God has for you. Are you okay with that? Yeah. You get a hold of some of these principles, it will help you your whole life. And then you'll teach your kids differently, and it will help them their whole lives. Just starting off on the right foot is a great way to start for kids. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So 
the first thing we have to get through our thick heads, and sometimes our religious uh, upbringing, is that God does want us to prosper. And it's in the Bible, so we're going to look at it. Can we do that? John chapter 10, verse 10. <clears throat> this is one of the verses that is on our website. We believe this. Jesus said it. We believe it. Amen? It's a red letter. Everybody say red letters. red letters. So John 10, 10. This is Jesus. And he says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So he's telling us if you have stealing or killing or destroying in your life, that is not God. That is the enemy. So we got to place blame where blame is due. Amen. We got to stop blaming God for the bad stuff that's going on in our life and place blame where blame is due. If it's stealing or killing or destroying in any way, shape, or form, it is not God. It's the enemy. Jesus. Red letters. You saw that? You know I didn't write this, right? Jesus wrote this. Okay. Jesus said this, then it was written down. It says this, I have come. This is Jesus now. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Now listen, you don't, lead, you don't need life and life more abundantly when we get to heaven. There's no need for that. It is already abundant in life and full. There's, there's no problems there. There's no sickness there. There's, it's good. When he's saying these words, he's talking about right here and now on the ground while we're still around, right? He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And the beauty of this is when you, you get to abundantly, you figure out there's more. That's why he said more abundantly. So no matter where you're at in the process, there's still more. Isn't that good? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Third John 2 says this, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everybody say all things. things. Prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. This is God's desire for us is that we prosper in all things. He's praying for this group of people he's writing to. And he's saying, "I, I pray that you will prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. So that means there's this part of this scripture where our soul is going to have to prosper as well. Now, your soul, according to scripture, is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions. That's what your soul is made up of. And that's why Romans tells us that we cannot be conformed to this world, but we got to be transformed by renewing our what? Our mind, right? So we're not going to get to our soul prospering until we step over into renewing our mind and start thinking like God thinks and talking like God talks and acting like God acts. He's our heavenly father. We're supposed to imitate him. We're supposed to emulate what he does. When he says something, we're supposed to have his same words in our mouth. We're supposed to talk like he talks and think like he thinks. Like, well, how can we think like God thinks? He's given us how to think his words right here. Amen? So he's instructing us and helping us to see from the word of God that we can change the way we think. And then we can step into prosperity, prosper, and have a, an abundant life if we'll do that. Everybody all right with me so far? This is God's desire for us. He wants us to think and act and talk the word of God like it's true, because it is, and then let him work in us and through us. Amen? There's this idea, right? Uh, in Christian circles, but really around the world, but in Christian circles of this poverty mentality, this lack mentality, this, this idea that, you know, we may never have enough or we just can't afford or we, it's this idea that we're always going to be where we're at. And everything, every time we look at something, it's always from a perspective of, I can't attain it or I can't get there. And it's just not true. The word of God works. 
And if we're going to prosper the way he wants us to prosper, then we're going to have to begin to think differently. That means we can't afford to have a poverty mentality anymore. We have to start thinking like king's kids. You know, you're a king's kid, right? You're a son or a daughter of the living God. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That means if you're in the royal family and you are, we should not have to live like paupers for very long. We can tap over into the kingdom system and begin to come up and come out. And that just doesn't come from you just finding a check in your mailbox. That is not how God works. He's not counterfeiting money. He's not a counterfeiter. He will give you ideas and he'll give you wisdom on how to walk out and step out and walk into prosperity. It's amazing. He's done it for generations and he's no respecter of persons. He will do it for anyone at any point that will trust him and put his word in their heart, in their mind, and in their mouth. We just, we start where we're at and we prove ourselves faithful. And Jesus said, now that's somebody I can work with right there. I can work with them. Let's keep going. Amen. Amen. You guys with me? So he wants us to prosper. There's no doubt about it. Now you just think about this. As a parent thinking about your kids, you're your heart, any good parent, right? Any good parent, your heart is for your kid to do better than you did, to, to not walk through some of the same hardships you did. For to, Truly, as a parent, we want our kids to launch into life off of our shoulders and not from the same ground we started from. Right. So we're teaching them and showing them how to do that. Not that we're giving them handouts, but they've learned the principles of how to walk with God as they're growing so that when we be, they become of age, they don't have to start from scratch like you and I, some of you and I had to, right? That's, that's our desire is just natural parents. So our heavenly father obviously cares about us and wants us to prosper and to do well. That's his, that's his heart for his kids. Now, before you misunderstand me, I am not uh, preaching this solely prosperity gospel where we're just, we're just pursuing money from here on out. That's not what we're doing. But we, we have to get our pla- ourselves in a place where we believe what God said, that he does desire for us to increase and to grow, not just spiritually, not just in family, but materially too, financially. That was too quiet. <laughs> he wants us to increase financially. There's a ton of scripture in here that tells us as believers how to be givers. If you got nothing to give, how do you do that? I mean, oh, I'll just give them my time. Well, yeah, but how long can you do that? Yeah. It's really nice when you see somebody in need and you got some extra. Right. And you're able to go into your pocket and be like, you know what? I got an extra 20. Why don't you have this? But if you don't got it, how do you do that? You got to ask your friend, hey, loan me 20 bucks. I want to give it away. <laughs> what? Right? I mean, God wants to put stuff into our hands so we can be a blessing to others. And the poverty mentality is encapsulated in us, how we think about us four no more. It's just my family. If, if we just have enough, if, if we're making it, that's all I need. That's all I need. And it's false humility. And it's selfish. Because God wants to take care of you. But he wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. Have you ever been the recipient of somebody coming to you and saying, you know, Lord just impressed on my heart that you were going through a tough time and he just wanted me to give you, give you this. And somebody gave you some money, gave you a check, gave you some food, anybody at all. Would you say, yeah, that's happened to me. Well, somebody had to have extra to do that, right? I mean, this is where we're trying to get. We're trying to get out of just me and mine and get beyond that. 
Because God wants to take care of all of your stuff and then some, which is why Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You can do more when you have more resources. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He's trying to help us so we can start thinking like he thinks. God is not poor. He's the creator, right? He, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Old Testament says. I mean, he, he put it all here. It's all his. He knows exactly where all the stuff is. He knows where all the hidden treasure is. All the sunken ships, all the stashed gold, he knows where every single thing is. Nothing's hidden from his sight. Come on now. I mean, it's, there's a reason why the Bible says the wealth is laid up for the just. In the last of the last days, we're going to see this transfer where God is going to use believers that will increase and grow and, and believe God for big things so that we can be a blessing and send the gospel all around the planet. Amen. But we got to believe like this. I mean, you don't have something in your backyard right now and you don't even know it. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Y'all are telling up your backyard. I don't know. Get the, get the metal detector out. Pastor said, Beep. Okay. Psalms 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, this is the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, whatever he does, whatever he does, shall, what? Prosper. Prosper. This word is all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible for us. If we will think like God thinks, if we'll meditate on his word, we'll put it in us, we'll, like, we'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. We'll bear fruit all the time, and whatever we put our hand to will prosper. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Come on, don't you want to be the friend that's like, man, if you need something, you got to go to them. They're, we got to go to this guy. He knows, he knows how to hear from God. God is blessing him. We got to talk to him. Don't you want to be that person? I mean, it's just a, it's a privilege and an honor to operate in the things of God this way so that we can be a blessing to other people, right? Not just to flaunt it, not just to have three boats and two RVs and six houses. Come on. God doesn't have a problem with you having stuff. He does not have a problem with you having stuff. He has a problem with stingy. When you're stingy, that's what he's got a problem with. Or covetous, when you're desiring other people's stuff. When yours is never enough, I want his. I want his house, I want his car, I want his boat, I want his wife. None of it's okay? Zero, right? God will give you your own spouse and your own house and your own car. Come on, he'll give you all of that stuff as long as that's not the priority. Are you okay with this? So again, this isn't about just acquiring stuff. This is about pursuing godly prosperity so we can be a blessing to other people. It is a blessing to be able to say, you know what? I got an extra one of those. Why don't you just use it for a while? I've had people do that to me with a car. I got an extra one. Why don't you just drive it for a little bit? That would be great. Got me out of a pickle, right? I mean, it's just, what are you believing God for? Is it just for you and yours or is it beyond you? It's really nice, really nice when the money does not run out before the month, right? Well, we got to make it five more days. I hope we got enough beans in the pantry. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice when there's extra. Thank you, Jesus. He's helping us, kicking over some sacred beliefs. Thank you, Jesus. 
Isaiah, Isaiah 1, verse 18 says this. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they were red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That means he's washing us clean. He's taking care of us. We've been made right with him. Verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. There are scriptures pocketed all over the place in this book where God instructs us on how to walk in blessing and provision, how to eat the good of the land. Now, there have been times in my life where I was not eating the good of the land. I was eating ramen and hot dogs. And I'm telling you right now, I don't care what you say, that is not the good of the land. That's just barely making it, I'll tell you right now. But you keep doing what God said and you keep following him in obedience. He brings you through those seasons into a position and a place where you are prosperous and you are eating the good of the land. But there's a caveat to that. There's a requirement to eating of the good of the land. And there's two parts to it. It says you got to be what? Willing? But put it back up. You got to be what? You got to be willing and obedient. So you got a whole bunch of Christians that are obedient. God, I'm doing what God, I'm doing what God said. I'm doing it. Your attitude stinks, and it shows you're not willing. Now, I remember Brother Hagin, he founded our Bible school. He was telling this story. When God called him out of pastoring back in the late 40s, early 50s, and told him to go on the road and start traveling to minister, God was asking him to leave the best job he'd ever had, the best church he'd had, the best parsonage, the house they lived in they ever had, the the most resources, the, the car they had. God had blessed him because he was doing what God told him to do. God had blessed him and helped him and increased him. And then God said, leave it and go on the road. Well, it took him a while to to wrap his head around that. He was honest about it. Like, Lord, you finally got us to a really good place. And now you're saying, what? And so he knew, he knew in his heart, this was God. And so he obeyed. And for a year he obeyed and he did not eat the good of the land. He had a broke, his car got tired. The tires were bald. He ended up having to sell it for junk. His clothes were falling off his back. His kids weren't adequately fed or clothed. And he came to the Lord. He's like, Lord, now I did the math. And I was making a lot more money, doing a lot better at the other job you told, you told me to leave. And now it is not adding up. I'm behind where I was last year, this year. I'm behind. And, and you said in your word, Isaiah 118, if I would be willing and obedient, I'd eat the good of the land. And I want to know what's going on. You know, you can be real with God sometimes. I mean, he's not, he's not scared of you. So he's just being straight. And God says, yeah, I see that verse too, but you don't qualify. And he's like, oh, it's like he got, got sucker punched in the gut. Oh, Lord, what do you mean I don't qualify? I left it all. I'm doing the work. And he said, you did, but you're not willing. And he knew right away, mm, he's right, he's right. I've been griping about it. I've been thinking about the old, I've been do, I, I was obedient, but I wasn't willing And he said this, it took me 10 seconds to get willing. He said, it doesn't take very long. You just reach down on the inside of you and you flip that switch. Nope, now I'm willing. I wasn't, now I'm willing. Now I'm expecting to eat the good of the land. And from that day forward, it got better and better and better and better and better. Because God takes care of those that are willing and obedient. Are you hearing me? So you got to hear from the Lord and you got to be willing and obedient. You got to do both. It's necessary. It's a two-part equation, amen? I mean, it's, it's nice to eat good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when you haven't for a while and then you go over to a friend's house and they've made you home-cooked meal and you're like, Lord Jesus, can I move in here, please? <laughs> you know, it's just, it's something good about it, but you can live your life living in the blessing and the provision of the Lord. 
You absolutely can. But you got to start with step one. Am I willing? Am I being obedient? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. There's a whole lot of people in the world that are rich. Now, just worldly speaking, America is the richest country in the world. Even the lowest wage earner in our country would be far, far exceed any other, many, many of the other countries in their incomes. I mean, people making 50 cents a day, two bucks a day, like we're way, 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 way ahead. But beyond that, we didn't choose where we picked our place of habitation. God did that for us. So in our culture, in our place, right, the, the poverty level is at a different line than it is in a third world country, right? I mean, we can't buy a taco for five cents. Can't do it. You can in other places. You can't here. So it's all, you know, it all balances out. Nobody's asking you to feel bad for how much money you make because you live in America. We can still believe God for more. So you can pay all your bills and have extra to be a blessing to any country you want to send money to as the Lord directs. Amen? So God's not opposed to us being rich, to being well off. He's not opposed to that. He's, he wants your heart. If rich is your goal, you're going to miss God every time. God will bring that to you. And when he, brings, when he brings the riches to you, when he brings increase to you, when he does that, there's no sorrow with it. Why? Because you got it the right way. When you do it God's way and you follow him and he adds it to you, there's no sorrow. I'm telling you, I've known a fair amount of rich people in my day. And I'm telling you, looking at their lives, they're just as miserable as people without money. Even more so in some cases because they've proven that the money doesn't help. You don't have Jesus, you're miserable. You can buy all kinds of stuff. Amen? Their marriages are still a wreck. Their kids are still a mess. Their stuff breaks down. I mean, it's... But when you do it God's way... He adds no sorrow with it. That's what you want. You want to increase God's way. Don't you? Yeah. Only four people. Thank you, Jesus. So it says in Galatians 3.13. 3.13. Let's turn over there. Galatians 3.13. Everybody okay? Tough subjects. I know. Come on. We've got to shake the religious off of us. Because we've got to get to where God needs us to be. And that requires us to believe him for more than what we just have. We've got to be, believe beyond ourselves. We have to believe beyond ourselves. It's not okay for us to just believe for us four and us five. That's all we need. That's not okay. It's selfish. Let's believe big. Okay. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. There's a blessing that was on Abraham that we can see in the Old Testament. Abraham was very rich. I'll say this again. Abraham, because he obeyed God, was very rich. Uh, Genesis 3, 13, 2 says, Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. That sounds pretty good to me. And God knows what rich is because he owns it all. So when he says Abraham was very rich, he was, he was up there, Right? So the blessing of Abraham was beyond just riches. He had protection. He had favor. He had wisdom from God. Why? Because he was willing and obedient. And God said, that guy will eat the, the good of the land. Amen? And then the New Testament tells us that Jesus became a curse for us so that we could walk in the blessing of Abraham. All right? Now, there's a whole bunch of religious people that say, well, that's just spiritually. Just spiritually. You'll just be blessed spiritually. But it covers everything, Amen. all of it, protection, wisdom, 
health and wealth. It covers it all. Jesus didn't leave anything out. Now, what I am not saying, and hear me now, I'm not saying we are all going to be gajillionaires. Not what I'm saying at all. Not at all. But we can increase year after year, decade after decade for the glory of God so that we have the ability to do more in the kingdom. Are you hearing me? Now, Jesus did say that the poor will be with you always, right? He said that. Don't worry about the poor. They're going to be with you always, right? Keep doing what I called you to do. Keep taking care of the poor. Keep, keep helping out people that need help. But that, he did not say jump on that train. He didn't say, yeah, you're going to be a part of them. Sorry. Sorry. He said, no, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly in every way, shape, and form. So we as believers have to believe bigger than we've been believing. It's okay. If you're, if you're trying to pay the bills, it's okay to believe God to get all the bills paid and he will do it. But then let's believe beyond that. Let's believe bigger than that. What's the next step, Lord? What's the next step? Because now that, now that the bills are paid, I want to be a blessing. There's some other things that just in the natural we'd like to do, right? right. But if it's only about the stuff we want to increase in, we're going to miss God. If our heart's right, it'll be okay. I said this earlier. This is true all the time. If we want the same things that God wants for the same reason God wants them, nothing is impossible to us. If he can trust you, he will, he will put things in your hand just for your pure enjoyment. Right? Unless you're a commercial fisherman, nobody really needs a boat. But they're fun. <laughs> Right? I mean, unless your job involves riding motorcycles, nobody really needs a motorcycle. But they're fun. Are you listening? God has no problem with us having stuff. He wants your heart. What's your motivation? What are you really striving and pushing toward? Is it his, his plan and his purpose? Or is it your stuff? Amen. Abraham was protected, preserved, increased. He had wisdom. God made him rich. Solomon. Solomon was one of the richest men that ever lived. God asked Solomon, you're the new king. What can I do for you? Anything you ask and I'll give it to you. Can you imagine the Lord saying that to you? Come on now. Anything you want. You're the king. Anything you want, I'll give it to you. And he could ask for anything. And he said, God, give me wisdom that I can rule your people well. And God was like, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Because you said that, not only are you going to be wise, but I'm going to give you the riches too. And he did so well as king following God that the queen of Sheba, who is no stranger to opulence and wealth herself, made the long trek with her entire entourage and caravan to come see what in the world she's been hearing about Solomon. And she shows up and she's like, whoa, buddy. What was told me, this isn't even the half of it. This is well beyond, well beyond. She said, I did not even believe the words that they told me when I came and I had to come and see with my own eyes. This is 1 Kings 10, 7. Indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. The queen of Sheba said that about Solomon. God's not opposed to riches, but Solomon purposed to build the temple of God and God made him rich. Amen. Come on now. And he's not going to do it with the lotto. I'm telling you right now. Lord Jesus, he's going to show you things, teach you things, instruct you in things so that you can grow and develop. I've seen people 
believe in God for money, believe in God for increase in their lives, specifically in the area of money. Lord, increase me. Help me to be, help me to be, uh, or help me to have more so I can do more. And then God tells them, hey, go, go take some night classes. And they're like, I don't want to go back to school. Ugh, school. And they don't do it. But God was trying to get them to be more educated, have more value in the marketplace so that he could increase them. That's really quiet. God is, God is directing us and helping us in ways we don't see them connected to help us get to a place where he can use us. Are you hearing me? There are very few, and I mean very, very few cases where somebody goes from shoveling dirt to running a company. There's steps and stages in the process where you learn and grow and become more valuable, more of a resource to whatever you're doing so that God can funnel more through you, to you, and to others. It takes time and effort and work. But if you put God first, he'll lead you into those paths. And you'll, you'll end up showing up places and you're like, wow, I did not see God orchestrate all that. But as I followed him here and here and here and here and here, he got me to an awesome place. Are you listening? Because checks are not coming in the mail. I mean, you might get one or two around your birthday, but that does not mean that God did it. It means your relatives like you, right? But God wants to do bigger things for you. Thank you, Lord. Job was so prosperous at the beginning of the book that he was one of the greatest men east in the Eastern era. And then the enemy came in, stole everything he had, wrecked Job's life, tried to get Job to turn against God. He wouldn't do it. When, God, when Job repented of what he had done sin-wise and, and said, God, you're right, and he repented, God restored all, all, all of it back to him double. So the people that preach that God doesn't want us rich and doesn't want us to increase, no, they're not reading their Bible because it's in the book. It's here. It's all, it's all written down. Okay, thank you, Lord. Are you all right? That, that being redeemed from the curse of the law, that Galatians 3, if you want to read about the curses from the law, it's in Deuteronomy 28. The first 15 verses are the blessings of the Lord. And the last 15 through 68 verses are the curses, the things that come on us when we when, come, on, come on the Jewish people when they would rejected God. We've been redeemed from the curse. Redeemed. Jesus did that for us. Amen. So let's talk just briefly about covetousness, right? It's a, it's a big... It's a big word in the Bible that basically means don't, don't desire your neighbor's stuff, right? In, in a simple form. Like if, if you want something like what your neighbor has, God will give you your own. You don't have to have his. You don't have to have his. God will give you your own. But what God doesn't want us to do is, is be so focused and intentional about I've got to have that thing that we forget that God's our God. And we're here to serve him and honor him. He will get stuff to us if we'll put him first. So covetousness means feeling, expressing, or characterized by a strong or immoderate desire for the possessions of another. That's one of the definitions. The other one is eager to obtain or way outside the bounds and desirous or exceedingly eager to obtain and possess. Really, whether it's somebody else's or not, you're just, you're so focused on obtaining that thing, that house, that car, you know, that spouse, whatever. You're so focused that God's not, he's not even in the picture. You're just grinding it out. And the world teaches this. They teach, you got to stay focused on it. You got to think about it. You got to have your board and you got to talk about it all the time and think that's how you get rich is you just got to focus. And there's some truth to that. If you put your attention on things, you will go that direction and things will begin to attract to you. But you'll acquire riches and there'll be sorrow attached to it. 
because it's not God's way. God said he'll make you rich and he'll add no sorrow with it. And that's so much better when you got money and your wife still likes you and your kids still want to talk to you. Really nice. When people don't talk bad about you around, because you've done things well, you've done things right. There's a, there's a God way to increase. Amen. He doesn't want us to be covetous. He talks about being covetous a lot. He said in Ephesians 5, 5, for this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Inheritance is a legal term. Things that you acquire because of a death. Jesus died for us. They're things that we get to inherit because of Jesus' death. But we don't get to inherit when we're acting a fool. You guys okay? Right. We just, we got to act right. We got to put this in right perspective. If, we, if we're desiring some of these things, put it in the right order. God, you're first. I'm following you first. I want to do things your way. And things will just show up. I'm telling you, things will happen for you because you're honoring the Lord. I've seen this happen in my life. Things have just come to me because I was honoring God. I mean, good deals on stuff. Like, just shake your head. How did that happen? That was totally God. Thank you, Jesus. Because I put him first, not the thing. Everybody okay? Thank you, Lord. Every time I tried to pursue money on my own, like, this is it. This is it. We're going to make a gajillion. This is, this is the thing. Let's go for it. Never worked out. Never worked out. But when I started putting God first and honoring his things and just started doing things his way, stuff just started catching up to me. Oh, didn't see that coming. That's kind of cool. Thank you, Lord. And just listening to him, doing the right things, learning the right stuff, going the right direction, becoming more valuable in the marketplace by skills and education and just doing what God said, just being in the right place at the right time will do you a lot of good. I was just talking to a guy after first service. And looking at a job transition, and he's interviewing with this other company. And this other company found him because of his work ethic, because one of the vendors, not his employer, but one of the vendors he works for, what spoke so highly of him that they interviewed him. That's when your reputation is following you around because you're honoring the Lord with your work ethic. And, and you'll get promotions from places you didn't even think of because God's honoring what you're doing. You're doing it the right way. Amen. So when you have a promotion in front of you, you need to ask the Lord, is this from you or not? I've heard people pray prayers, God increase me so we can do more in your kingdom. And then God brings them a, prom a promotion and they're like, eh, that's too much work. Well, well, yeah, pretty much every time you get a promotion, it's more work. But what were you praying about? Okay, thank you, Jesus. We, we, gotta, we gotta listen to the Lord. I've also seen people not pray and get a promotion that left their hometown, left their good church, left where their kids and their wife and their family was all plugged in and serving God and thriving. And they're like, no, we're getting paid 20 grand more a year. We're moving to Minnesota. Not even check with God. Must be God, 20 grand more a year. Thank you, Jesus. Well, come on now. Dustin's going. He's out of here. Forget it. You know what I mean? Like you've got to ask God on all, all the stuff. Is that God or not? Amen. <laughs> Cody and I, you know, when we were, when we were living at, in my mom's house, and yes, that was us. We lived in the basement of my parents' house, Lord Jesus, for too long. We were believing God that he would help us and increase us and help us to get to our own space. Husbands, your wives need their own space. There's something called nesting. It's a legitimate thing. They need their own space. We were believing God. We just, 
we wrote some things down and we were believing God for a house and for some land. And these things that we had written down, some of them seemed outlandish. And God, one by one, just checked off these boxes. Yeah, yep, that'll work, that'll work, that'll work. And he gave us a dream piece of property, right? And I don't mean like gave it like we didn't pay anything for it, but he just orchestrated the whole thing so that we could get it, get the house. I mean, he just blessed us because we put him first. It's good to write some of these things down. It's good to put things down on paper and let God, let, you know, show it to the Lord. Like, this is what I'm believing for. I know you know this already, but this is what we wrote down. This is what we're believing for. And we're just trusting you for it. And then we just kept one foot in front of the other, serving God, doing what we were supposed to do, listening to his voice, being led by the spirit. And he just brought it to pass. Amen. But it required work. It required effort. We had to put our hand to something to see that happen. Amen. You're going to have to put your hand to something to see it happen. It would be great if checks just showed up in the mail, right? Have you heard of those people that the bank made an error and transferred like a hundred grand into their account? I mean, if they were Christians, they'd be like, thank you, Jesus, spend it all. They're coming back for you on that. You're going to have to pay that back. That was an error. If that happens to you, don't, don't go spend it all. That's a bad idea. It's not yours. God will do it the right way, Amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill one last sacred cow before we quit. This is important. And I've said this before from, from this pulpit, from being a pastor. I've said this before. And it has boomeranged back on me like, how can that be true? This guy is crazy. Uh, but I'm going to say it again because it's true. Because we need to understand this. Jesus, when he lived on this planet, our Lord and Savior, was in no way, shape, or form poor. I'm going to say it again. You got to hear me because this is Bible. I'm going to show it to you. When Jesus was here on the planet, when he was ministering, when he was working, when he was a baby, he was not poor at all. The complete opposite of poor. He was well supplied. Okay. So I'm going to read you a couple scriptures where people get goofy with the word of God and then say Jesus was poor and we just need to be humble and poor like Jesus. Jesus was not broke at all. Here's where they get it. Luke 9, 58 says, Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have nests. Birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So they read this scripture and they cherry pick it and they say, see, he couldn't afford anything. He didn't have a pillow. Where's the my pillow guy? Where is he? He had nothing. He had nothing. That's what they, they cherry picked this out and say he had nothing. Jesus was making an analogy, meaning I'm, I'm nomading right now. I'm traveling. I'm ministering. There, I don't have the homestead that we go back to every night with the family and the kid. We're not doing that. I am ministering around and traveling. That's my mission, my call. So if you're going to follow me, you're leaving your home behind and we're going we're gonna to travel and we're going to minister. And we, we'll come back to it, but are you hearing me? Yeah. They take another scripture, 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. This is true. Jesus did become poor. But we got to ask ourselves a question. When did that happen? Because the Bible also says that Jesus became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So I'm submitting to you that he became poor the same time he became sin. The Bible says that he became a curse for us, because cursed is everyone who hangs on a, on a tree. When did he become cursed, sin, and poor? When he hung on the tree. When he hung on the tree. 
Not his whole life. He wasn't sin his whole life. He wasn't poor his whole life. And he wasn't cursed his whole life so that we could become blessed and, 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 and free and righteousness of God. He became that when he's humbled himself and he submitted himself to the cross. When he got to the cross, the Bible says Jesus or the Father poured out on Jesus all sin, all your sin and mine, past, present, and future. And he became so disfigured, he wasn't even recognizable as a man. Think about that. That's when he became poor, when he became sin, and when he became a curse for us. Now, religious people take that scripture and say, see, he became poor for us, and he was poor. Look, he didn't have anywhere to lay his head. He wandered around. He had to turn, turn uh, loaves and fishes into food so he could eat. Come on. When Jesus was born, he was loaded down with treasure. Have you guys read this story? The wise men showed up, not with just a little trinket box and like a couple of nickels. I mean, we're talking gold and riches they gave his family from the beginning. They had to figure out where to put this stuff and travel with it. Fully supplied for two years in Egypt while they had to run away from Herod for Jesus not to be killed. Amen? Then he comes back. Jesus, Jesus had increase in his life, his whole life. And he still, even though he was rich, he still learned a trade. He was a carpenter, learned how to work with his hands. You don't think Jesus' business was lucrative? Are you kidding me? This is like master carpenter learned a skill and his chairs aren't selling? What are you talking about? (laughs) Jesus knew how to work. He knew how to increase. He was finding himself in the word of God. And these scriptures were available to Jesus. That the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Come on, everything you put your hand to will prosper. Jesus had these scriptures available to him. Yes. You think he didn't fulfill these passages? Of course he did. He was blessed, full employed, so blessed, and paid all their expenses. Peter saw it firsthand when he started. I'm going to take such good care of you, I'm going to give you a year load worth of fish to take care of your debt and your family so you can follow me and not worry about it at all. Think about it. Peter's kicking himself, probably still. He said, nets, and I threw out net. Darn it. (laughs) Nets. Nets, Peter. Plural. (laughs) Jesus was trying to give him a super abundant flow so that when he said yes to Jesus, he didn't have to worry about family, kids, mother-in-law. They're taken care of. And so they're traveling around with Jesus. And Jesus has regular people giving into his ministry to help his ministry do what he was called to do. So much so that they had a guy in charge of the money box. You guys remember Judas, the thief, right? And, and Jesus had so much that Judas could skim off the top and nobody was noticing. He was just pocketing money. Jesus was well supplied. He was not poor. There's a passage of scripture that says Jesus went to his home in Capernaum. His home, he had a home in Capernaum. I believe it was the same home that Jesus owned that the leper was let down through his roof. If you're reading that story and you know anything about the Jews, if somebody starts cutting a hole in somebody else's roof, that guy's going to flip out. What the heck are you doing to my roof? Come around to the door. Right? And Jesus is like, yeah, let it happen. Dropped it right down in front of Jesus. I believe that was Jesus' house. I don't believe he was slack in any way, shape, or form. He was not in lack. Here's another example. You don't fight over poor people's clothes when they die. You incinerate them. Right? 
His, his robe was a one-piece tunic with no seams in it. It was very desirable. They were casting lots and gambling for it. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm an adult and I still don't like seams. My six-year-old hates putting on socks. Why? Because of the seam. Why haven't they figured that out yet? It's insane. Turn it inside out, right? Jesus was wearing a one-piece tunic with no seams and they gambled for it. That is not the clothes of a poor man. Jesus was not poor. He became poor so that we might walk in riches. He became cursed so that we could walk in the blessing of Abraham. He became sin so we could walk in the righteousness of God. That's what he did for us. We got to make a mental shift so that we can start accessing the things of God that he's made available to us as believers because we are king's kids adopted into the king's family. That means we're not supposed to be paupers. We're not supposed to be barely getting along. That is a season of life that should come to pass as we pursue God and follow his plans and purposes. He will lead us into prosperity because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? And he said, the thief is the stealer and the killer and the destroyer. I came, you have life and have it more abundantly in every way, shape, and form. Everybody okay with this? This is where we're going. We're going to we're going to touch on some money principles that are biblical and completely in nature so we can walk out the things of God in our lives, not just so that we can say, look how blessed I am, but we can say, God, thank you for blessing me so that I could be a blessing to others. Because right. when you have extra and you can sow it into the kingdom and help missionaries on the other side of the planet reach the lost because you have a little extra, that's a blessing to the kingdom of God. Right. When your neighbor's going through a hard time and you have extra, you can walk over there and give them a couple hundred bucks. And say, you know what? I just felt like God wanted me to do this for you. You don't think that's impacting people for the kingdom? You're insane. Who does that? There's not a lot of people on the planet. There are generous people that don't even love God that know this principle better than Christians. We got to believe God bigger than, than just us. Outside of ourselves so that we can continue to be a blessing to others. And the more we sow and give into other people, God's like, that's a kid I can trust. That's a, that's a man or a woman that loves me, that's willing to give of their own treasure. I'm going to make sure they have plenty, plenty, so they can keep doing that, because I need people to do that. Amen? Amen. So we're going to talk more about money in the next couple of weeks. Are you okay with that? Yeah. I'm taking a mental note who's here and who's going to ditch. Because <laughs> you've got to hear this subject. I know it can be uncomfortable. I understand that. But sometimes we've got to get over the uncomfortable and just go after the things of God so he can use us the way he needs to so we can wrap this thing up and see Jesus come back. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.